Welcome to the Burn Hickory Podcast, where you can listen to our sermons each week. Our mission is to reach everyone around us with the hope of Christ. And our goal is that you'll find a place where you can learn, grow, live, and thrive in a faith family. Now let's get ready to dig into Scripture and see what God has for us today. Well, good morning, church. We are incredibly excited that you are here today and a big Merry, Merry Christmas from all of our team. I know that a lot of you out here are Burn Hickory home folks and you are here at a Sunday. This is a normal moment for you, but I also realize that a lot of you are visitors today because it is Christmas. You know, we've been saying since right about the pandemic that most of the things that we do revolve around thirds around here. And I don't think it's any different for this service. Let me explain that. There is a third of you that are kind of like me. This is your favorite service of the year. It's your favorite service of the year. You finally get your family to wear what you want them to. You get them to come together and to drive together, to be here together. It is one hour flat. You are out the door to do whatever you want to do. This is your favorite service. There's another third of you that are in the room that can take it or leave it. You know, it's just a normal deal. We know we do it. We live in the South. It's what you do. Our grandma gets mad at you, and here we are, so we're okay with it. There is another third of you, though, that was purely okay this morning in your jogging pants, all right? You were just fine enjoying the holidays till somebody looked at you and said, this is what we're doing and you're going to like it, all right? So hey, regardless which one of those thirds that you fall in this morning, man, we are incredibly thankful that you're here. We're incredibly thankful that you're with us. Let me give a quick shout out to those of you that are in the connections room. We love you guys. And also a quick shout out to those in the upper auditorium because we have filled those up as well this morning. And it is a lot of people in the house this morning to celebrate Christmas. Over the last couple of weeks, we have been walking through a series here at this church pointing towards the birth of Christ, pointing towards the advent, the coming of Jesus. And we've been walking with some incredible, incredible pictures of who God is and some of the people that God has used. We started this whole series looking through the eyes of an old priest named Zachariah and his wife Elizabeth. And God busted through the silence, just as Marty said, of 400 years to give them a message of hope to say that you are about to have a child. And he is going to be the forerunner of the Messiah. And we taught, we paused in that message to really point to the fact that we have hope. And the message that whole weekend revolved around that we live in a society, in a culture, and in a movement of no hope, but we have a God, Emmanuel, that has given us hope. The second week of the series, we looked through the lens of Jesus' mother, Mary. And we looked at her answer to the call, her saying yes to the call, as well as we watched her idea and her description of the love of God. And we said that week that no matter what is happening in our lives and no matter how anyone else has treated us, that this season specifically shows us that we serve a God who loves us, who comes to us, who pursues us, and who wants us to love him. Last week, we 
paused and we watched through the wonderment and the eyes and the glory of God through the lens of the shepherds. And we got to see last week what it looks like when the glory of God falls down on us that we don't walk away the same. We walk away in joy. We walk away knowing that we have hope. Well, today, again, we're going to jump back into Luke's gospel for a few minutes. And today we're going to look at this probably most recognizable account of all of history, the birth of Jesus. And we're going to just pull out a couple of points from it. We're going to walk away with a couple of observations. And we're going to watch today how we serve a God that offers us peace. And that is who Jesus is. Is Luke chapter 2, verse 1. I'm just going to read it and pause at a couple places. It says this In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own hometown to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem to the town of David because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary who was pledged to be married with him and was expecting a child. Now, you got to love when you read the Bible the exactness. You got to love the minute details. You got to love the descriptions and the historicity of what is exactly happening in Scripture where God validates the truths of what is happening. And in this account, there is so many things that is happening. But when we look at what I just read from the outside looking in, it appears as if Mary and Joseph have stepped into an absolute Absolutely unfortunate situation. I mean, really, they did, right? I mean, when you look at it, you first see the first thing that pops out to us is that Mary is very pregnant. Now, you don't have to describe very pregnant, and you never have to point out very pregnant, but you know exactly what very pregnant means, right? She's very pregnant. On top of that, the first census has just been proclaimed. Now in our society, it's somebody knocking on the door asking how many people live in this home, right? But in their society, it meant that you had to go to where your family of origin came from. Now for some of us, we're so crazy in America, we don't even know, but they knew. They knew where they had to go. It was required by law. The Romans required it of them. They had to be counted. They had to be numbered, if you would. And Mary and Joseph lived in a town that was 70 miles away from where they had to end up in Bethlehem. Now, I can remember my first child being born. I can remember when Blake was being born. I can remember when Melissa said it was time. And I remember now, looking back on it, that we probably could have waited another 15 hours. Amen? But Mary, on the way, it was time. And you can imagine the conversations that was going on. You can imagine the treacherous roads and the mountain passes. I can just remember when Blake was being born, almost running every red light from here to Kennestown Hospital. But it was a little different in their situation. They were on their way to Bethlehem. But what seems like an unfortunate set of events here, it really wasn't an unfortunate set of events at all. Really and truly what God was doing is he was orchestrating man into his grand plan to draw together exactly what God had already put in place for the Messiah to be born. 
In fact, if you go back to the Old Testament in Micah chapter 5, verse 2, you read this. But you, Bethlehem, Epaphrath, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old and from ancient times. Now, this seems like when you're reading the book of Micah, just some minute detail that you just skip over. But what are we seeing right here? We are seeing that God is making all of this happen for the coming of the king. And listen, church, there is hope in this. You know why there's hope in this? There's hope in this is that we serve a God that didn't just spin this world in control and leave us alone to deal with all of the other situations. No, we serve a God that is always orchestrating circumstances, is always putting things in our path, is always leading us down directions to know him, to love him, to be saved by him, and to experience him. Actually, that's the Christmas story. Emmanuel is with us and God is in control but when you keep reading in the story in verse 6 it says but there were there while they were there the time came for the baby to be born and she gave birth to her firstborn a son she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available to them now, remember I said the details matter. I just want to point out a couple of those details. And the first one that I just read is that the time came. The time came. There's no mistake in when the time came. Amen? The time came. But listen, there was no surprise to God that the time came. Why? Because this was all according to his plan. In fact, if you go later on, you'll see the Apostle Paul in Galatians chapter 4 say this. He said, but when the set time had fully come, God sent his son born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive sonship, adoption to sonship. What does that mean? That means that from the beginning of time, since God showed us who he was, that from that point forward, creation had yearned for this moment. The world had been looking towards this moment. Mankind had been talking about this moment, especially since the fall of man in the garden. This moment had been proclaimed. And what we're reading in the Emmanuel account is that the fullness of God's timing was coming into full fruition right here. Now listen, the wonderment of any baby being born is absolutely incredible. But this baby is about to change the world. This baby is about to give hope and to give love and to give peace and to give joy. And this changes everything the time came. But on top of the time came, I just want you, want you to notice the detail where it says that he was wrapped in strips of cloth. Now it's easy to skip over because when we read that, we think, well, Matt, everyone is, is wrapped in something when they're being born. But the specific word that Mary would have provided Luke for this account was that Mary wrapped him in strips that were normally used as a burial strip, as a burial cloth. And when you use that and you see it through the lens of the whole gospel, you begin to see that you are now even seeing the death of Christ being proclaimed at the birth of Christ because Emmanuel didn't just come. He lived and he died for us. Even at his birth. You also see the detail that he was placed in a manger. 
He was placed in a manger. Now to us, it was just a common thing that we think that everybody did this, but everybody didn't do this. It's kind of actually gross, really. Because what is a manger? A manger is a food trough. By definition, by pure definition, it's just a place where animals get what? Their nourishment to live. When you think about that through the lens of the whole gospel, that is who Jesus is for us. He's the one that gives us nourishment. In fact, in John chapter 6, verse 35, he says that I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. He says in verse 51, in that same chapter, he says that I am the living bread that came down from heaven. So when we see the manger, let's not just see a cute preschool little prop that's set out there. Let's see that the Emmanuel was set into a spot that represented that he is our nourishment. That he is our king. On top of those details, you also have to point out that the reception of Jesus in Bethlehem It was really all but zero. It was all but zero. It's easy to read the account and think that Bethlehem, the streets were on fire. The parties were happening. The streamers were out. The happy birth Jesus was happening. But really and truly, most people missed it. Most people weren't in tune with it. Most people weren't even really and truly looking for the Messiah in anything more than just words. Which leads me to just ask myself... How many of us, that's where we are this Christmas? How many of us are just enjoying a moment and enjoying a situation, enjoying a a time on a calendar, but are not seeing that Emmanuel, God is with us? Many of us aren't seeing the peace that he brings, the hope that he brings, the might that he brings, but some did. Some did in scripture, but I want to read to you what happened to them. In verse 8, it says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David has been born to you a Savior. He is the Messiah. The Lord, that is probably my favorite phrase in the whole account of Jesus being born, is that the Messiah has come. He's come to bring you life and forgiveness and hope and salvation and stillness. He's come to bring you himself. Keep reading the story. It says this in verse 12, this will be a sign to you. You'll find the babe wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them, he's talking to the shepherds, right? And gone into heaven. The shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Now this is amazing and here's why. 
Not only is this just a personal account of what happened in these shepherds' lives, but it is an absolutely powerful and universal and changing account to anyone in whom grabs a hold of this with their life and surrenders to this Emmanuel that has been born. I love this account because it shows, and we talked a little bit about this last week, it shows that we all have hope. We all have promise. We all can know this Emmanuel. Why? Because if the shepherds can know them, all of us can know them. None of us are too far removed. None of us are too far down the morality path for the God of the universe that was born as the nourishment of our souls, the light of the world to forgive us, to give us hope, to bring us promise, and to know him personally. That's the story. Of the incarnation of Jesus. It changed these guys. And it can change us. It changed their hearts. It changed their walk. It changed their life. And they could not contain what happened in them. You know there's really only two ways to know what someone believes. It's what they talk about. And how they live. And these shepherds lived The gospel. They couldn't contain it, but neither could Mary. Look at the rest of the story, verse 19. It says, But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen, heard, and seen, which were just as they'd been told. You know what this whole account does for us? It really points to three, what I would just call universal responses to a true encounter with Jesus. The first one is what we see in the shepherds, and it's just an outward rejoicing of what Christ has done in us. Let me just ask you, is that where your heart is today? Is it rejoicing over the fact that Jesus has saved you? The second thing it does, we see in Mary's life, and and that is just an inward treasuring. That's an inward feeling in our heart that a stillness happens, a peace that passes, verse 14, all understanding that is given to all those in whom his favor rests. Let me ask you something. What are you relying on to give you peace? What are you relying on to give you this outward rejoicing? Is it people? Is it pleasures of the world? Is it family? Is it your job? Is it your your hobbies? Because what the story of the incarnation of Jesus shows us is that none of that will last. But the hope, the love, the joy, and the peace that he offers us goes beyond all Understanding the third response is what I just mentioned, and it's just a holistic peace. It's a peace. You know what my heart's been just really burdened about here lately for all of us? Is that many of us have a peace problem. We have a peace problem because we get so caught up in everything that is happening around us that it clouds the fact that Emmanuel, God, Is with us. So let me ask you this evening. Have you given your life. To this Jesus. Have you walked into a relationship. With this Jesus. Because he. Wants. To know you. Let me close with a challenge that I thought of yesterday. The best 
gift that you can give yourself and others is to meet Jesus, is to come back to Jesus, or is to proclaim to someone who Jesus is. You know what I did? The beginning of the service, I said we're kind of in thirds. And I think that last challenge represents that as well. That's where a lot of us are. Some of you today needs to be the day that you invite Christ into your life to save you. Some of you are in the middle category where today you just need to grab hold of a growing relationship with who Jesus is. And some of you are on fire with Jesus and you need to be in the same vein as the shepherds and Mary and begin to proclaim the love of Jesus around those around you. He's the light of the world. He's the giver of hope, peace, love, and joy. But the question today is, will you let him? Will you let him? In your seats today, as Marty has mentioned already in this service, there was a little QR code there. And let me just encourage you today that if your heart is burdened today, if there is a something in your life that you would give us the pleasure of praying over you on behalf of you for or maybe just today you've realized that you need to give your life to Jesus today let me let me just ask you to do something for me before this day is over would you scan that QR code today would you just punch the little next steps button over there and would you just reach out to us today and let me give you a promise somebody will get back with you incredibly fast to either pray with you to pray for you or to walk with you of what it looks like to have a relationship with this Jesus that we worship this morning. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Were you inspired? Maybe you've got questions. Do you want to know more about Jesus? Then we'd love to hear from and connect with you. So take the next step with us by visiting burnthickory.com next. Again, thanks for listening. And hey, stay tuned by subscribing and stay up to date by downloading the Burn Hickory app.